You're listening to the Ship Bob Operator Series. Each week, your host, Casey Armstrong, e-com veteran, is joined by founders, operators, and insiders who are bringing along their stories and data to give you the exclusive inside scoop and tactics from those who have been there, done it, and gotten their hands dirty. You can tune in for a live recording Wednesdays. Head to operators.shipbob.com for the details. But until then, enjoy this audio replay. I'm Casey Armstrong, Chief Marketing Officer over here at ShipBob. Uh, we are a direct consumer e-commerce um, group, PL. We have fulfillment centers all over the U.S. and a few internationally now as well. So I want to jump in right away, especially because uh, I was a little bit late. We can get into the good stuff. So first, I want to welcome uh, Dana. She's the Director of Operations over at Organic Olivia. And they provide probiotics and supplements for natural solutions for skin, skin health, digestion, hormones, emotional health, and especially in these times, probably most importantly, stress and anxiety. And then we also have Patrick, who's the CEO and founder of Supply, which they tout as the only razor you'll need for the rest of your life, which I like because as a, an e-commerce brand, you know, we need to find ways to get people to, of course, repeat purchases. And of course, they've got the razor, or, uh, the blades, but to claim that that's all you need for the rest of your life. And as you can see with uh, this um, poor excuse for a beard and mustache, uh, I need to probably order some stuff from Supply as well. So maybe I'll do that right after this. Uh, let's jump right into it. So Dana, I want to start with you. You know, you've, you've, you guys have been a customer of ours since 2018. I think since you, you all started, of course, I won't share specifics, but I think you've more than 5 axed. What do you think, before we get into some of like the coronavirus things, I want to talk about, you know, the, uh, especially where you guys came from and as we think about, you know, the, the positive outcomes in the future once we all get through this together, what do you think's been behind you, you guys growing so well over the last, let's say, year and a half? That's a great question. I mean, I think... Uh, fundamentally, it comes down to Olivia's vision, who is the founder and CEO of the company. She is not only um, truly, she's very connected to our community. So I think that one of the biggest drivers in our success is the fact that she is able to generate content that our customers want, right? So she, we listen to our customers. We know exactly what they're looking for, what they want um, from a product standpoint. And we provide that. So we started with a parasite cleanse in 2015, and um, after that, we you know we transitioned into more probiotics, immunity products, and as we kept talking to our customers and figuring out what they wanted, that's how we developed our our product line. Right and now, we're at 23 products. Right, so. Awesome. And a lot of like we we have a, a kids line that we just started, and the only reason we did that is because we had a, we had so many of our customers have children and now ask, what should I do with our kids? Right. So I think really the, the core here is for us. We, we were listening to our customers. We're putting out content that our customers want and all around um, optimizing health and well-being through natural supplementation. Great. And, and so right before we get to Patrick, so I think, I think the beauty of the internet and what we're all kind of going through now is some of like the best things come from us putting things together rather quickly. So this was, an idea we had uh, to spin this up to get us all here, I don't know, a week ago or so, messaged Dana. She very graciously gave us a thumbs up. And then 
Patrick, who we've gone back and forth a bit in the uh, Twitter sphere and then elsewhere, just dropped him the, the DMs and here we go, get Patrick on stage. So very happy to have you here. And so Patrick, you know, you've been what I'll say very tongue in cheek, you know, an, an overnight success. I know you've been at it with supply for a while, you know, grinding behind the scenes and you, know, you guys got on Shark Tank, which I know airs quite a bit after the fact. And Dana called out content and you really put yourself out there to show the uh, ebbs and flows of being the owner and founder of an e-commerce brand. So how do you think that that's impacted you with coronavirus and what surprised you the most about really putting yourself out there? I think probably that there's a bigger appetite for honesty and transparency than I, I ever imagined. It's kind of what I try to do in general is, is provide just an insight as much as I can into our business in terms of what's working, what's not working, because my heart is for the people who are just like me, who have started their businesses from nothing and who are making this up as they go. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough to be a few years into that journey, but I still remember what it was like, you know, one, two, three years ago. So I want to help as many people as I can who are right behind me with, you know, kind of transparent uh, looks into into a lot of the challenges because because this isn't easy. By so you any mentioned stretch. you know the challenges and not being easy. I think the toughest part is pulling the trigger and throwing yourself out there and jumping into the arena. So with supply, you look around. Of course, there's Dollar Shave Club, which really put a spotlight on the direct to consumer side, uh, and of course is a direct competitor to to you guys. And they of course were acquired by one of the multi billion dollar incumbent legacy players in the space when you were spinning up supply how'd you overcome that fear and really put yourself out there and go head on with these larger brands our market is large enough to where you know a niche brand can have a hundred million dollar you know piece for nothing so i've never really thought really hard about my competitors in terms of market size i've always thought about how do i position myself against them you know, I'm never going to become a shave club like Dollar Shave. I'm not going to win if I'm fighting their game. So we always try to position ourselves against them. Um, so that's kind of how I think about it. But I don't lose much sleep thinking about and, them. And so of course, position. being nimble and being able to move quickly and having such a close relationship with your customers is becoming ever more apparent now. How do you think that being a smaller team and knowing your customers so well has, has helped you navigate uh, a lot of the uncertainty that we've been going through in the past? you know, month to two months? For us, it's really been, um, we can just move faster, right? Smaller team, you can just pivot or, or be extremely transparent without having any any other input but your own, right? For us, especially Olivia herself is battling um, the virus. Her parents are in the hospital with the virus. Oh. Uh, not in very good shape, yeah. So, and like Patrick was actually talking about, which is so, so important, is the transparency piece. Um, really being transparent with your customers. They actually want that, right? Which is kind of not what we as uh, our generation has learned growing up, right? From our parents, perhaps, or at least my parents, right? But our generation really wants that transparency. They're seeking that transparency. And when you are authentic, they want to be around you, right? They want to be part of your tribe. So that's for, that's for us. I don't know if that particularly answered your question, but Patrick, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'll, I'll echo that. So one of the, our responses was I sent out a personal email from me to all of our customers and, you know, just kind of being transparent with some of the challenges we're having, asking, you know, customers to support us, but also more importantly, support the small businesses in their areas, you know, and, and uh, I didn't get one single negative response to that email other than a guy who 
told me I looked like a statue in the picture that I provided. I don't know. So, so he's reading your emails. Uh, so, yeah, yeah they're reading my emails. So and it was, uh, I didn't even ask really for the sale hard. Um, I just kind of put it out there that, hey, if you're looking for shaving stuff, we're still shipping. And it was one of our best campaigns, you know, we've run all year. Um, so people love transparency. Uh, people love supporting, you know, the underdogs, the small guys. Um, and uh, so, so being small has helped us in that regard. And just operationally, I mean, when you only have five people on payroll and, and cheap rent, you know, it's it's a lot easier to stay alive and weather the storm than when you have, you know, 80 people on payroll. So that's, that's you know, not a benefit that everybody has. I, I don't take that for granted. I'm grateful that I get to keep my, my employees on payroll, but um, it's, it's one of the benefits we have nice. at our site. And so you mentioned operations and obviously the operations is side of the business is something that people don't necessarily think about uh, first, even though they maybe should. So Dana, this is, this is for you. From a logistics perspective, kind of two questions here. One, what has changed the most from your day-to-day from let's say, when you started working with ShipBob a year and a half ago, just in how operations has evolved? And number two, with the coronavirus impact, what are you what are you doing specifically on the operations side to navigate this uncertainty? So obviously, you guys have also uh, grown since we since we started. So the capabilities that you've had have been tremendously useful for us. Right now, we're actually with we're at two fulfillment centers with ShipBob. So being able to have the analytics and see how everything is working together has been extremely helpful for me from the operations end. Definitely helps me with inventory management. And seeing what's going on. So I think just the enhancements that you guys have made technologically has truly helped us on a day-to-day basis. Just because we've grown, my time is not, I don't spend more time on the business from an, from an operation standpoint. I actually don't. And then as it relates to the virus, um, we're, we've kind of been in a unique situation because we are a supplement business. And we do have elderberry as part of our product line and an immune product as part of our product line. We actually sold out of many of our products and we did not anticipate that, right? We didn't know this was going to happen. So we haven't suffered at all from this from this situation. So I can't really speak to that per se. I will say from, from a customer standpoint that people do want to feel safe and they want to feel in control today um, because of the uncertainty. And for us, being able to connect with them um, definitely has helped them stay in the game and stay purchasing, right? Continue to purchase. So on the manufacturing side, where, yeah. do, where do you guys manufacture? We manufacture in New Mexico and in Phoenix, Arizona. Okay. So yeah. as you sell out, let's say, I guess first, some of the items you're selling out of, are those typically not your best sellers? Um, they, they aren't our best sellers. They are, they sell well. But the in terms of the inventory, we had inventory relative to our trends, our usual trends, right? Our usual like seasonal trends. But this was I can't even. I mean, I'm trying to think of the percentage that we that we sold. I mean, we literally sold out in a week of two of the two of the products that I thought would take months to sell. Wow. So yeah. with, with stateside manufacturing. Um, has that allowed you to replenish quicker? Are are they in high demand for their? They are also in high demand. The time that it takes takes about twelve weeks for us to get new inventory, and everybody's in high demand for that particular, you know, the, the raw materials for those products. 
Um, so they're trying their best in terms of being able to manufacture it quicker, but unfortunately it's just going to be sold out and we couldn't do anything about that. Right. But luckily it's a good problem. Right. But unfortunately we don't have the elderberry that everybody wants now that people want to be taking. Right. So that's the only thing. And, and, and Patrick, I'm actually going to pull in a question that we had from the audience beforehand. So uh, before that, you know, I've, I've been really enjoyed some of the promotions that you've shared. And I know that's something you typically don't do and you can, specify on those but i know one of them you tried was like hey we'll give you discounts based off of market fluctuation another was like the pretty blades and so this comes from melissa so promotions or donations or both you know what's a good plan of attack to keep the company moving forward and engaged during these times yeah so i assume we're kind of shifting to talking a little bit more about coronavirus now and how we respond yeah, yeah. To that. um so my my message to, to everybody has been like all the rules are out the window and you need to really react and think about this new reality that we're in and, and quit thinking the way you were thinking three weeks ago. So for us, the change has been, you know, we're a very premium brand. We do not discount often. If we do, it's usually a very mild discount, 10%, you know, ish. And so we about 10 ish days ago, kind of Wednesday, actually it was two weeks ago today. You know, we just went off a cliff. Sales did. I don't know what it was that that, tri that triggered it, that triggered it. But you know, we just went off a cliff. And then we spent about five days just kind of looking around, scratching our heads. How are we gonna? Like, what's going on? How? You know, what what are we gonna do? Is this ever gonna come back? And um, about five days in, we realized, okay, the world has changed. We need to kind of throw the rules out the window. So we started thinking, what are some and, and look, this, this, this hurts a lot for a non-promotional brand. And, you know, this may not be for everybody, but we started thinking, okay, we're a $75 razor. You know, I always knew the day would come when that would not be a palatable value proposition for customers, even though the long-term cost is a lot less. I mean, I, I, I'm proud of the product and it's worth 75 bucks, but, you know, it's just, it's a hard sell in this environment. So what, what can we offer to the customer? that speaks into this moment that, you know, gets over the, the hurdles, which are a lot higher. Now. So we, we tested a couple of promotions. You mentioned one, I thought it was pretty clever. You know, we, you want to uh, just extrapolate on it a little bit because yeah. I, I know not everybody knows what you did. Sure. Oh yeah. Yeah. So um, the first promo we did, we tested was, I, I thought it was clever, but it ended up not really working as well as I thought we did a, you know, we're offering a percentage off your order equal to the amount that the stock market was down that day, you know, from the high. So we were talking like 29% off, 30%, and it changed every day. And I thought, this is clever. This is fun. People love it. And it did well at first, but then it kind of trickled off and wasn't doing anything great. So, you know, we canned it real fast and we moved on to the next one. And the next one I liked even more. And it was really speaking into the moment of kind of this People are buying stuff and in a sense, they're kind of hoarding and wanting to stock up. And so we offered, you know, buy the razor and you get a full year supply of blades. And, you know, that's, that's a pretty decent discount. It's not like huge, but it's a it's a it's a motivating discount. But you buy it once and you never have to buy blades again for a year. So we launched that on Friday and we had our best weekend ever uh, since Black Friday over the week. So the we went from like a year low two weeks ago to a year high in a matter of 10 days by just pivoting and thinking, you know, how do we speak into this moment and not being, not kind of retreating, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to, to, to throw the towel in yet. I'm going to try as many things as I can to, to 
message to the moment and you know take advantage of uh, any opportunities that present themselves. So fascinating. I love that. Like you said, message to the moment. Like what's the, the zeitgeist of the times has changed yeah. seemingly overnight. And so what's important to people, like you said, it's maybe stockpiling on these essentials. I know that that's been important for us. We recently rejiggered our warehouse management system, which ties in everything on ShipBob to start prioritizing essentials because the, the need for that is, of course, off the charts. Um, I've got a bunch more questions. I want to keep going, but I saw Nick in the chat called out Leo. Leo, you want to call Leo on stage and see if we can get a, a question from him? That's up to Leo. If Leo's down, you know, we can definitely get him on. He'll be on in what? What do we have? Two weeks? I think we have Leo joining us, but... Leah, if you wanna if you wanna join us for you know and ask a couple of questions, you know, as a founder yourself nowadays, uh, go ahead. Yeah, and, and that goes for everybody. Ask questions in here. We're happy to pull you on stage. We're we're trying live storm for the first time. I, I, it was the how interactive we can make this. I really want this to be uh, all of us raising hands and asking questions. I can ask questions all day, but <laughs> we we want to hear from from the people as well. Uh, so, anyways, Dana, from yeah. a, a conversation standpoint with your merchants. How has that conversation changed? Have you found them being more engaged and reaching out to you all directly? Because you are providing something so important, especially like during these times. Our situation is a little bit different because a lot of our audience is on Instagram and is very aware of the situation with Olivia because she's very transparent on the situation. And she's coming also to the table with a lot of research that she has found about the virus and, and both Western and Eastern medicine. So it's a little bit different, but what I would what I was just going to say to what Patrick was talking about is in terms of being creative with your offering right now, look at your margins, right? See where can you actually kind of add more of a discount for people, right? Just like with Black Friday, everybody likes a discount. And even at this time, regardless of the product, if your audience has bought from you before and trusts you, they will buy from you again for you to get the cash, right? At a discount. So Definitely don't underestimate that ability and people's desire to still spend money now, right? Because they're home and they're bored, right? But okay, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll read Jacob's question for those of you that aren't looking at chat. So he asked, what kind of products have been selling more and what have fallen off a cliff? And do you expect that to continue? And so his example is a personal care and beauty products dropped off because we are all isolated. I'm not sure. I would think that uh, I know that in the wellness space, uh, product, the sales of, are, are up, right? Because people are now so be become so aware on their health and wanting to prevent any type of disease. Similarly, I'm also in the in the health and fitness space. Those uh, digital platforms are on a on a high, right? Equipment companies are on a high right now. So I don't know what you know. Oh, retail bulbs, yeah. And then how about here, here's a kind of question. I'll I'll take. Um... I'll kind of spin Jacob's question a little differently because you did mention like the elderberry has been doing well and Patrick talked about how he's giving away the blades free to kind of tap into people stocking up in case things get worse. You mentioned Dana, the repeat purchasers, and maybe you don't have this answer off the top of your head, but those that buy, let's say the more popular or non elderberry products, do you find them gravitating during this time to the elderberry products, which Absolutely. is new? Do you find them also stockpiling on what they've purchased in the past? Both. And I will say that because we do offer uh, free shipping on $100 or more. 
So people are recognizing, okay, I want to buy the elderberry. They're either buying multiple elderberry and their probiotic that they bought previously or something else that they bought previously. So for sure. Yeah. And, and then so kind of tapping into what, again, what Patrick did is have you, with you having that higher price point for free shipping, have, have you seen people buy, do you guys offer bundles? No. Kind of no, no, no. no. Okay. Yeah. We haven't needed to do that just yet. Um, great. And so here we have from uh, Theodore or Theodore. Let's see. One of, maybe I got right with one of those. Thanks for the stream and opportunity to ask. We appreciate that. So, what are the, and this can be for either uh, Patrick or Dana, please jump on in. What are the main objections or concerns of customers when it comes to purchasing online right now? He calls out that he's seen an increase in page views on his delivery and shipping page. And so there's probably something behind that. Yeah, I'll, I'll hop in. I mean, if you go to our website, uh, supply.co, you'll see the very first thing at the top is a banner is our response to COVID-19. It has our promo. You click it tells you what the promo is and it tells you exactly what's going on in terms of how, you know, our current operations. Um, if you go to Rogue Fitness, Rogue, R-O-G-U-E, they also have something similar. If you don't have some kind of message on your website now that's talking about, at a very minimum, what your current shipping status is, I mean, that's that's job number one for you right now. And then if you can go above and beyond and, and talk, you know, like we do, go to a blog, you know, that kind of talks through your your response, so to speak, to what's going on. Um, so we link to my my letter that I send out to my customers and just, you know, back to transparency, like customers, especially if they're cold prospects or even warm, you know, they, just, they, they don't know if I buy this, is it actually going to ship? And even if your website says same day shipping, they don't know if like that's accurate and that's up to date and if they can trust that. So, I mean, you need to message hardcore that, hey, here's what's going on. We understand. And this is you know, we're shipping same day, we're shipping next day, whatever. If you're not messaging that really hard, I would I would highly recommend yeah. you do that. You know, I, I love that. Uh, that's definitely the first piece of advice I give to any of our customers that I've been chatting with, and what we've been trying to you know eat our own dog food and do as well, which is just over communicate to your customers and let them know let them know that you are open for business, or if you're not, that you're not, or if you expect slightly lower shipping speeds, um, folks. Um, really appreciate that level of transparency. You can use the banners like what Patrick called out on supply and rogue. And I know organic Olivia has that for their free shipping because that also helps reduce the strain on your, uh, on your support team as well. So yeah. they don't have to answer a bunch of questions. And also you can use a, you, you guys have a, a great information through ShipBob, right? About what you guys are doing. So we, we've told our customers, our fulfillment center has ex, you know, has taken these necessary precautions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right? Yeah, that's it, that. That is like we're, we're still fully operational across our whole network, and we're just trying to be as proactive on like what 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 are we doing there when a certain state, let's say California or Pennsylvania or Illinois, starts making changes. Right. Do we fall into the essentials bucket or not? And and how are we navigating that? What are the larger carriers in the space from DHL to FedEx to USPS, UPS? What are they doing in response to this as well? Exactly. I think there's so much good that will come after, you know, coronavirus is, is in the rearview mirror or at least as much in the rearview mirror as possible, where things like over communication and just the transparency is so valuable no matter what the circumstances are. So it'll be really interesting to see how a lot of businesses kind of evolve from that. So here we go from Rana. 
So my company, the wholesaler, and I'm trying to shift to retail since my wholesalers have their boutiques closed and have canceled orders. Where do I start reaching out for potential clients? Or maybe to rephrase the question at the end a little bit differently. And maybe Patrick, you know, since you, you started supply from, from ground zero, how do you go about generating interest in what I'll call a, a rather competitive space from the beginning? Sure. Are we talking about, uh, I'm a little confused about the difference between wholesale and I, I, I think, and, and Rana, please jump in if I'm, if I'm interpreting this in, improperly, but I think she's, she's trying to change from, the, from a B2B wholesale model to going direct to consumer. And so when you, were, when you were going with supply and nobody knew who you were, but everybody knew of all the, the major incumbents in the razor space, how did you go sure. about, how'd you get, how'd you go from zero to one and then from one to 10? I mean, the zero to one at the time was the hardest thing in, you know, in the world. Looking back, it was way easier than the one to 10, which is the kind of phase we're in right now. I mean, I'm trying to decide if there's anything specific to this scenario that we're in, but um the same way everybody kind of goes from zero to one, just a lot of hard work and, you know, making it up as you go. So, I mean, my suggestion to everybody who's literally just starting out is just start testing. Like at the beginning, we were on wholesale, we were on Amazon, we were on wholesale, we were on Kickstarter, we were on Indigo. I mean, we were on everything. And you don't know what you don't know. And now we've pulled off of every, but basically everything. We're not on Amazon. We only go direct to consumer through our website, but it took learning about each of those channels, deciding which one wasn't for us. And, you know, that took like two or three years. So, I mean, I would, I would spend less time, and this is just, you know, my kind of bull in a China closet approach, you know, less time really strategizing and trying to pick that one silver bullet that's going to work for you and just get out there and start selling. Go, go on Instagram and start DM people. If that doesn't work, you know, you know, move on to the next thing. So, I mean, that's not really a detailed response, but there's really no one way to get started. Uh, we started on Kickstarter and then it kind of went from there. But um, that's always my, my admin, admonition is uh, like, don't wait for the silver bullet or the magic answer because there isn't one. Just go make things happen. That's the only way. I would add to that also, uh, Rana, is obviously if you have sold your product to wholesalers, so there is, you have a product, right, that people love because you've sold it, right? So I would, I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, you, you've obviously sold it at a discount to wholesalers. Uh, so you can afford the wholesale pricing. Perhaps um, if you're going to go direct to consumer, look at that amount of money that you're, that you're the, the margin, right? Between what you're, you would spend on the retail and the wholesale and say, okay, can I use this money for marketing, right? Can I use this money for, for marketing through social media? And if you're able to build a story around the product itself as well on the other end, um, and also get some testimonials from your wholesale boutique accounts that could kind of support you where you don't have to know that you just started out, right? Because you already have a product and you already have people that have, have given you feedback, right? I love that. To take advantage of the, the feedback you've already received. Exactly and then if you can tap into those pre-existing customers, uh, I, love, I love that idea. And especially during these times, creating that relationship is, is more important than ever. So, yeah, I have proof. People have thought. So I saw your guys' a question, which I'll get to in a second. Once Patrick's uh, camera comes back, it says uh, they disabled video. Patrick, can you still hear us? Yeah, can you see it, me? It looks like the video got disabled because of bandwidth. So hopefully oh. it pops back in. But if you can hear us, that's totally fine as well. So 
this question, um, thank you to Tony Marie for popping this back up. Um, it, it got moved up in the chat. So this qu question comes from Tiffany. Well, first, are you product, are your products manufactured in China? Yeah, we, we uh, manufacture all over the world, but some of our products are made in China. China, India, Mexico, US. Okay, so with China in particular, because obviously so much is manufactured there. Oh, here we go. Your video is back. So how have you addressed concerns from customers with made in China? And then I have a follow-up to that as well. Yeah, I mean, it's an easy answer. I've had maybe one question from a customer about where our stuff is made and, and what we're doing about it. You know, the reality is all of our inventory has been sitting in a warehouse for months, you know, so there is no issue in terms of, you know, whether it's got, you know, a coronavirus on it or not. But I, I you know, my personal experience is almost nobody have asked, has asked us anything about where our stuff is made and where it's coming from. I don't know if that's unique to me. Dana, you might have a different experience, but that's, that's yeah. it. Tony Marie and Tiffany, if you want to chime in, I don't know if you've been feeling those questions specifically, if that's where it came from, or if you're just genuinely curious on how to get in front of that, which is also great to know. And so, and Patrick, on, yeah. on manufacturing in China, I'm not sure how often you have to buy replenishments, but have you had to order since a lot of this has come? And if so, has China been able to fulfill those orders to get them over to the States or you to look elsewhere? What, what have you seen firsthand there? Yeah, I mean, honestly, we, I don't know if we're fortunate, uh, but we have not had any inventory issues. We, we got a huge order in right before all this outbreak and we got an order that we're, they're working on right now. It's gonna take them a couple months to make. So I'm sure it'll be a little more delayed than most of our orders, but we have enough inventory on hand that it's not an issue for yeah. us. So don't know if that's helpful, but we have, We've personally not had any. I mean, issues. I work with, um, so Organic Lady, all the products, like I said, are manufactured in the States, but I work in business development with a, another company that the products are made in China. And if you, if you look at the Chinese calendar, the virus actually kind of hit China-ish during the Chinese New Year. So for five, exactly. six weeks, they were, out of, they were out of work anyway. So for that company, which is Lumen, um, it's been delayed by a couple weeks, but nothing. The inventory has been delayed by a couple weeks, but nothing, nothing substantial, right? Luckily, if you say well, right? Relatively speaking. And then Tony Murray looks like you pop back in and said that you've been seeing customers cite this and your cancel flow. Comment here if you're willing to come up here and maybe just give us a little bit more context of what you're selling and and part of this cancel flow and, and maybe we can even just step all ideas there or, or wait to get around it. And because like an idea I have without knowing your business is like in Patrick's situation, they manufacture in China, but across a lot of other countries. And so maybe it's uh, showcasing something like that. Of course, in Dana's situation with, with organic Olivia, it's, it's manufactured stateside. So they're, they're not really in that situation. Well, actually we did have another, another question here. So for either Dana or, or Patrick, as decision makers, I would say prioritization is our number one job. That's uh, what I think about all the time at ShipBob. I'm sure that's what you all think about all the time. I know that the answer here will vary greatly, probably on the day or maybe the minute. Uh, but between marketing and new products, and maybe new products is on the side for, yeah. for this time, between like marketing and supply chain, how are you prioritizing your time? For us specifically right now, it's really focused on supply chain because of the, the high demand and figuring out how we can maintain the inventory. But I think it gives us an opportunity to think from a marketing standpoint, once this does subside, so to speak, 
what do we want to talk about, right? I think that's a key, a key question because regardless of which industry you are in, you do want to talk about it, right? Uh, it's impacted people in so many different ways. So I think if we're able to talk to the emotional aspect of what people have been going through, whether it's now or for later, would truly benefit any, any industry, right? And any business right now. Great. And so here, here's another question we got in advance. Or Patrick, you want to jump in as well? Sure. I mean, I'll, I'll be real quick. I think as an operator uh, of an e-commerce business, uh, your jobs right now are first to figure out how to survive. And then if you can thrive after that. So like, we have no clue what's the only thing I know right now is I have no clue what's going to happen tomorrow. So this could get way better tomorrow or it could get way worse. And so you need to have contingency plans in place to with what happens if things get a lot worse and it sucks to have to think and talk about those things. But if you're going to survive, you have to do it. So for us, it's an easy answer. I mean, we have such low overhead that we can just kind of put everything on pause for at least a couple months. And we've got enough cash in the bank to just kind of weather that storm. Uh, but if you don't have a lot of cash in the bank, you got a lot of you know overhead, you got to really think about where you're going to cut first if you need to. Yeah. And once you feel confident about that plan, then you can really think about, okay, how are we going to turn this on its head and really turn a bad situation into a good one? Kind of like we've been doing with this free blades promo. We went from a low to a high. And uh, I think as an operator, your mind has to be on survival right now. And so it's going to, everybody's situation is going to be different for us. It's promotions, it's marketing, it's, it's prospecting new customers profitably in this new environment. You know, for other people, it may be supply chain. Um, you know, it's, it's whatever it takes to survive. In this, yeah. Cause this may be a while. Yeah. And I would also add to that, the, that maybe one of the biggest things that is the most important is your people, right? Like your actual team. So what are we doing with our team to make sure that they are, they feel safe, they feel like they can keep doing their job effectively. And to Patrick also, it's like what Patrick was saying, in a way, where can you cut that? And I'm not talking about people, I'm talking about operationally. How can you go from what you're doing now to being even leaner, right? As a company, uh, just in case, right? Yeah, actually, I'm sorry, I'll I'll jump on that. Something we've seen really great kind of silver lining in a situation is how we've been able to kind of, and sorry for the cliche, but I love it, you know, kind of motivate the troops and not only my employees, but my partners. And in a sense, this situation has been a challenge. Of, you know, and so my, my employees, I gave a you know big speech, you know, it was kind of a wartime general speech. I gave it to a lot of my partners and it's a perfect opportunity to kind of gather the troops around your cause and your business in a way that, you know, you've never really had the opportunity before. So I would, I would highly recommend communicating clearly to your team and, and using this as a, as a motivational opportunity as well. Completely agree. I mean, the, I'll speak firsthand from what I've seen across the board with my colleagues at Ship Bob. I've never been more impressed and honestly motivated myself by just seeing everybody just really step things up. And I think we've seen that across the industry. And I can say within the e-commerce industry, seeing our partners, whether it's an e-commerce platform or MarTech or, or a supply chain partner of ours, just really do going above and beyond to help help the greater uh, economy has been you know nothing short of inspiring to even companies like LVMH or Louis Vuitton stopping mm-hmm. producing uh, their uh, perfumes so they can start producing hand sanitizers. It's like World War II type stuff, and it's just been it's been beyond inspirational. 
So to go to uh, real quick, Tony Marie, you say that you got you can't jump on you the kitnet box with subscription for cats, and I think this at least my take on the answer will also hopefully help a little bit with Tiffany's as well because I know that you are in um, in the kitchenware space, but I am definitely not a coronavirus expert to say the least. I've been spending a lot of time in it because it impacts you know thousands of our customers and um, the team that we have in the fulfillment centers. But I would I would spend a little bit of time going through the CDC website and the WHO and maybe uh, a handful of others that we can follow up on and see what is their stance on products as they are shipped over. And especially for uh, you, uh, Maria's specifics on animals. And so I know that there's been a lot of talk that dogs cannot be impacted. Whether that's true or not, I can't tell you, but there's been a lot of talk on that. I don't know if that is the same for cats, but that's something where... You know, maybe you're overly proactive on that, whether it's in your checkout page or wherever people will see that your products are made in China. You know, do a lot of the research and maybe over communicate, even with a lot of like the legal leads that stand behind your claim and cite the CDC and cite the WHO and cite the organizations that actually have the, the proper intel that your customers are probably seeking for anyways. And, and Tiffany, I'm, I'm hoping the same for you as well. So I don't know when you ship everything over how long everything's been in your fulfillment center or if you guys are doing it yourselves or if you're working with us at ShipHop. But kind of dig into, I'd say, and I would, again, start with the CDC and then see what they're doing there. So we have about 10, 10 more minutes left. Please keep asking some questions. And then, you know, I want to let uh, Patrick and Dana jump in with anything they want to say there as well. Let's see. The next one we have is my clients are over the world. I have shipping discounts with FedEx for bulk orders, but shipping BDC is a challenge. So I'm not sure what the question is, but yeah. Rana, if you want to throw in what your question is with this, and I don't know how you're shipping B2C, so any intel you can provide there, and, and you know, we're happy to, uh, I think between one of us, we can hopefully help provide some information, and you can always follow up with us afterwards. Okay, so, can I add one thing um, that I think could also be useful? So obviously as a business, we all have customers, we all have an audience, regardless of what the audience is, right? And what we have sold them or what we do sell them. I think that one of the industries that is really moving forward rapidly, like I was mentioning before, is the digital health and wellness space. So one aspect, um, one thing that you could think of as well is you have an audience, right? Who can I partner with to sell something to my audience that I think they would benefit from today? right? Relative to the current situation, right? So who can you become either an affiliate with, partner of, because even if you're selling, or um, who was Tiffany, you're selling kitchenware, right? Kitchenware are people who are interested in food, right? So is there a company that you can partner with or become an affiliate of to promote a product that you believe in, that you think your audience could benefit from, and be able to generate some revenue that way, right? And the content that you can create about this affiliation needs to incorporate your actual business in some way, shape, or form. So I think because everybody's concerned about health and wellness right now, it's it's not it's not coming from left field if you are in a cat business and you are promoting health and wellness, right? Still, right? The people who are buying it are concerned about their health and wellness. And I think that there's some something to think about that as well. And um, let's see, Ashish has a long question and I'm going to guess that none of us have the answer, um, but with the current worldwide situation standoff, it can last four months. And then, you know, there will, there will be a recovery period. 
let's see, which means more people will be prone to buying living essentials and not splurge on the non-essentials. And Amazon obviously made a big stand with their essentials. Like I mentioned, we're still getting all orders within um, within the same day out, uh, whether for both essentials and non-essentials, but we are prioritizing essentials. Let's see, we, we know most of the small e-com are selling non-essentials. Actually, I don't know how true that is. And this is, what is the SOS plan for small businesses and what should they pivot to if they have if they have to for survival? So actually, I'm going to emphasize the last part of that. And Ashish, I think you kind of answered your own question. If people are only buying essentials, and maybe if you want to chime in here, Ashish, with what you're selling, is how does yours fit into essentials? And I think the concept of essentials, who knows how long we'll be in quarantine for? I know that the White House and different government agencies are saying, hey, we're going to lift everything come Monday. Hey, it's going to be another three weeks. Hey, it's going to be another three months. Obviously, none of us know. But if you would have told me a month ago that we're going to be in this quarantine situation and like Peloton is going to be considered like an essential, I would have laughed out loud. And so it's how can you maybe pivot your business to fit some of the needs today? Like, like Dana said, with Elderberry, it's not their best seller, and it is today. Yeah. Um, like Patrick said, with with offering unlimited supply of supply, you know, how can they take advantage of those times? And so I know something. Actually, I don't, I'm I'm surprised that this has generated so much conversation. Something I've talked to a lot of brands about is I'd say the most common at Shipbob, the the most common non-work and coronavirus conversations that happen in our company Slack, of which there's like 500 people, is what are you eating and how are you working out? Exactly. So it's like tapping into that. And again, I don't know what your business is, but how, how can you kind of tap into some of these, these shifts in behavior? And even on the entertainment side, there's no sports. I was watching, um, I put an ESPN the other day in the background and there was like the 2007 McDonald's All-American Game Slam Dunk Contest, which I happily watched. And then like a cornhole game, like <laughs> people need entertainment as well, even as we navigate these, these tough situations. And that's, and that's very true. I mean, even at Lumen, which is the company that um, I lead business development for as in addition to organic Olivia. So we're a metabolic device that tells you what to eat, right. Based on your metabolism. So we're looking for the partner who have the audience to promote this need to send a piece right now. Right. And be able to give them revenue based on the relationship, right? So there's a lot of companies out there that that are seeking your audience, and your audience needs this right now. Okay, so Rana, with you, so here, Rana jumps in. The product is it's not the product, but logistics. B2B business. I'm not equipped to get the product to clients internationally because shipping costs. I'm gonna get an audio. Yeah, go for okay. it. Now. See if you can get this one working. And, and I'll actually address a question that was sent to us in advance while, while Nick gets this set up. So this actually came from Roman. Uh, he said, what are the security measures for people inside of the warehouses? I'll address this as quickly as I can. Um, we put this on shipbob.com slash coronavirus dash updates. This has been something really important. I'll give a, a shout out to our COO who really called us to arms over a month ago to really plan for this as diligently as possible. And I think this is important to think through and how you're running your business and, and also maybe talking to your, your partners that have booth on the ground as well. And so uh, for things such as everybody within the fulfillment centers is required to wear gloves and masks. All visitors, vendors, contractors, carrier partners, drivers have to wear PPE, which is, PPE, which is personal protective equipment. 
plus get temperature checks, small groups only following social, social distancing practices, extended sick pay. Uh, we rapidly increase cleaning and disinfecting so it's done at least hourly, if not multiple times per hour. Hazard pay so that people actually, we, we increase the salary for certain associates. Um, and then we also rolled out the ship off giving fund to support those experiencing financial hardship. And so I, I think there's a lot of things that people can do to support those that have boots on the ground and are considered essential business. And, and there's no better time than now to really step up for them. And that even goes for the small mom and pop restaurants and everything out there as well that, that we enjoyed before and we know that we're going to enjoy after. So it's top of the hour. Um, first, Dana, I know, went, went fast. Dana, Patrick, really appreciate your time. I, I love what you both are doing. I love how you're really going all in on showing the behind the scenes of the business. Uh, I know with Olivia over at Organic Olivia and, and Patrick, of course, yourself throwing, you know, really yourself out there, which can be hard at times. Any last words of advice or suggestions to to those brands and operators navigating this uncertainty? I would say what I say to, to anybody in this situation, where which is control what you can. Uh, literally, control what you can. You can't control what's going on in the world. Control what you can in your own ecosystem and think outside the box. And the last thing I would say is reach out to people that are doing something well, right? I'm here, happy to support whoever it is, but use your contacts uh, because at this moment, people do want to help because we're all in the same boat. Love that. Love that. Thank you. I think you've been talking to our CEO or something. Control your destiny. Yeah. Well, listen, you guys have really, really, really stepped up too. So it's it's really a pleasure to work with you guys. That's just side note. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Patrick. I think don't give up. I mean, if we gave up when sales went off a cliff, we'd be we'd be really hurting right now. And it, um, truth is, there are going to be a lot of businesses that are going to hurt in this current environment. But man, don't give up. If you got juice, you know, now's the time to put it in overdrive. Love it. Nice. Well, again, Nick, thanks for putting this together. Dana, Patrick, really appreciate your time. I know that time's more valuable now than ever. We can ever help. You never get a hold of me and everybody who, who joined. Thank you very much. We're going to be doing this at least once a week. If you have people you want to hear from, if you have questions, hit us up. Um, this is this is a lot of fun. So thank you. Awesome. Thank awesome. you guys. Take care. Yeah. Thanks everyone. Bye bye. Yeah.